All right. The lady says it's recording. Here we are on the blind man in black. I'm Brian Maxfield Snyder. Thank you for watching on YouTube and listening on Apple podcast. Uh, by the way, if you like my wife and I being exhausting, go to the exhausting Snyder's on TikTok. And uh, we are soon going to have a new podcast called the exhausting Snyder. So keep an eye and an ear out for that. Um, and they are exhausting. <laughs> yes. yes. And thank you for talking. Uh, my co-host for this one is my brother, a writer, uh, and he's also a program manager for society for the blind Shane Snyder. Thank you for co-hosting. I'm a writer. Yeah, you are. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> Very talented, know. by the way. Good, good, good to know I've, about myself. I've read his. I've read his stories. I've tried to get him to write more, but he he's should. lived some. He's lived some of my stories. Uh, Shane, oh. you and I have known each other for how long? Twenty some plus years. I'll do the math while Brian continues with the introduction. Okay. So. Uh, I'm very excited because we have a very special guest. He has been a retailer for 58 years. His, he's a dear friend of ours, Cleon Lefebvre. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Nice to be here with you both. Yeah, this is great. So uh, we started this whole thing off by, by Cleon, you saying that fucking beard to Shane. What was that about? What's, what's with, uh -huh. why don't you like his beard? Well, when, when I first <laughs> saw his beard, it was a shock. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is somebody I knew who was practically a baby when I met him. <laughs> Where did and, you both meet? Do you want to tell him? Or you want me to no, tell well, him? Well, you go and I'll chime in. Okay, I'll make up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're, yeah, I mean, we have to allow for some early dementia here. Well, not even early, just, just age-appropriate dementia. <laughs> we met, uh, we, I was working at Nordstrom at the time, and we had a very a good mutual friend named Matt Callahan who worked with us. And Matt, um, he, he was our stock person at the time. And I don't know whether we ever got introduced in the store, but we did end up going to a dinner party at Matt's house and Shane and Darren were roommates with Matt. And we had this lovely dinner. Uh, there were several of us from the department and I believe you came in late. You didn't actually join us for dinner that night. You came in later. Um, and of course, Shane being Shane and me being me, we hit it off right away. <laughs> and we ended up talking about your grandma. Gail. Yeah, you know, that's 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 so funny, because when you said fucking beard, I was that was my first thought was gametes We're going, oh, that ugly beard. <laughs> yeah, we had a hoot that night talking about I'll never forget it, too. You and I laying on the floor in the living room. Uh, you probably don't remember that, but. We were kind Actually, of stretched. I, I, I do stretched out, uh, and you were talking about her and her pudding. <laughs> Remember the pudding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She used to make um, um, tapioca pudding. Well, oh, we she did. liked all kinds of pudding: tapioca, yeah. 
Yeah, we um, laughed and laughed and laughed. Butterscotch. Butterscotch, kick, yeah. Was, I think it was kick, butterscotch. Probably, though, it, I, we were talking about caramel pudding. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, so was, that, uh, that was the. I think that was the first time we really, you know, kind of connected in any way. And then um, you had other parties at the other house. There were a couple of houses that you lived in in, in uh, Oakland, or was it Berkeley? No, it was Oakland. Well, we had, uh, yeah, we actually, there were three iterations of what we called Casa del Singles back in those days. Darren, uh, Matt, and I being the uh, singles. And, uh, yeah, the first house was the one in uh, the Diamond District of East Oakland uh, in the flats. And then we moved up the hill to the second house, which was right at the top of the hill below the Mormon temple. Um, and I said three, didn't I? Um, there were only two. So you, 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 how long have you known each other? Did you, did you say how many years, Shane? Well, you know, Cleon was saying, I, I don't remember. I feel like we might've first met at um, one of the, dinner parties uh, although i do remember going into the store and seeing cleon and yeah i think matt might have introduced us in the store at one time you came by for some reason yeah yeah i think and so. then the dinner just, parties happened after yeah yeah i mean there were a lot of parties dinner parties and then big blowout bashes and and cleon attended a number of those um i think at both houses right <laughs> Well, I only remember, I only remember two houses. I remember the house yeah. that had the hot tub in the back. That was the one on the hill. And then I remember the one where you had all the Christmas decorations and I brought my friend, Paul. Oh, yes. Yeah. Paul, Paul, Paul. Perfilio. Yeah. Paul Perfilio. Yeah. That, so, that was, yeah, so I don't think how, that was. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I, I don't think that was the first dinner party that no, you came to so at the house, either. but that, I think it was that the was, last. <laughs> no, no, because, um, uh, that dinner party, the way things transpired at that dinner party, you and I probably didn't even interact that much, but, um, well, it's because uh, you were occupied. Yeah, remember, this is, this is a kid friendly program. So, um, <laughs> It's actually not, so you can say whatever you want. Well, <laughs> what I remember, I, I feel like I remember us talking on the carpet uh, by the fireplace, just both kind of laying on the Persian rug and everybody was gathered around having a little conversation. I feel like that was up on the hill. That was up. It was. The, the, it was. Yeah. So that and was. I a, think that was the first time. No, no, because. We lived in the uh, the house. We lived in the uh, house. Uh, uh, you know the Mediterranean style house in the Diamond District. Uh, that was the first house. The house up on the Are hill with the hot tub. Sh- oh yeah, sure? that I'm that I'm quite sure about. Yeah, yeah, that I'm. I can pinpoint the date for you. I think the store wow. opened. The store opened in nineteen eighty nine. 
the Nordstrom store. Matt did not right. work. He did not work there very long. <clears throat> so it was early 90s when you and I met. Okay. So that helps me because um, I moved to Berkeley in 1989, right after I graduated from college. I got a job uh, via the executive... Mall. Hilltop Mall, Macy's. Yeah, uh, I had went through the executive training program and I was a manager at Hilltop Mall, Helltop, we called it. And uh, and I had that uh, little uh, basement apartment in the Berkeley Hills. And I moved out that of that apartment. Tiny, that little tiny place? Well, that no, that was another one. That oh. was the one that that was the that little place that you're thinking of, the real tiny basement apartment. I lived in two basement apartments in Berkeley. The first one you never saw because I didn't know you then. Yeah. But I was living in that apartment when I met Matt uh, and started to hang out with him and Darren, sometimes at that house. And then at the time, they had a roommate named Janine, who was also one of your coworkers at Nordstrom. Really? Janine? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they couldn't stand her. They, they couldn't wait to get her out of the house. So when they were finally able to get her out, they invited me to come live with them at that house. And that would have been sometime, sometime between... Oh... Oh yeah, I'm more is coming back. It, anyway, it was probably sometime between May and September of uh, 1990. So 1990 plus, uh, we're talking 90, 2000, 2010. Are we talking 32 years, Cleon? Has it been that long? 32 years. Yeah, and I haven't changed a bit and you have that beard. <laughs> which you're and very happy about that white beard <laughs> yeah so cleon let's let's talk about how everything began let's start with the genesis of cleon well my mother and father got together one night <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean the genesis how i came out here where are you from oh good lord you want to go that far back oh yeah Okay, born in Illinois, Champaign, Illinois. My mm -hmm. dad was a student at University of Illinois. Moved to, um, and my, my father's family is all in Southern Illinois in a small little town called Olney. My mother and father were high school sweethearts. And then uh, after the war, um, he went back to school and, and got his law degree. And then uh, we ended up uh, uh, moving to um, oh God, New York that has a lot of, um, what's up in upper state New York? Oh, you mean like, like Albany Sy or no. Syracuse? No, Rochester. 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 No, even further. Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, Buffalo. Thank you. <laughs> Couldn't remember the name. We finally I, got I, there. I was, 
I was barely born. I mean, I'd only been, you know, I wasn't even a year old and we moved to Buffalo. Then uh, we moved my, as being a corporate lawyer, my father moved uh, around. Uh, we ended up, he worked for Standard Oil of New Jersey and we moved to Elizabeth where my two sisters were born. So we he lived worked in for, a, for Rockefeller. Yeah, well, only for a short time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, <clears throat> when I was eight, we moved to Indiana, northern Indiana, a little town called Elkhart. Elkhart is next door to South Bend, which is uh, Notre Dame. I thought you were going to say Gary, Indiana. No, it's far from, well, it's, it's 90 miles from Chicago, so it's about 60 miles from Gary, but all right at the Michigan line. Shane's probably heard all this crap before, well, actually, <laughs> but not everybody on YouTube has. Well, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry about me. And, and in fact, these are some uh, these are some new details to me. So please oh. continue. So my brother was born in Elkhart, and we lived there until I was sixteen. And then our family, um, he, my dad worked for Miles Laboratories, which made Alka Seltzer and One a Day Vitamins. He was a uh, patent attorney, a chemical patent attorney. So then um, we had an opportunity to either move to California or move to New York State. And the family voted to move to New York. So we all moved to New York in, I think, 64. And we lived in a very nice town called Bedford Village. Bedford Village is... um, Upper Westchester County, near the Connecticut state line. Very famous now as the home of Martha Stewart. She wasn't around at that time. <laughs> and then he worked for General Foods, makers of Jello and Kool-Aid and... Gammy's favorite. Mac- Maxwell House Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and then he... Um, and then I, I went to high school there for a couple of years. And then I went to a small liberal arts college in Illinois called Monmouth, which is 180 miles um, southwest of Chicago. And I went there for a couple of years until I transferred to NYU in Greenwich Village. And I finished my Bachelor of Science degree in education uh, living in the Greenwich in Greenwich Village on the West Village for several years. Before we get into that too much, what was your childhood like? Was it that was it fun? Was there an expectation to become a lawyer? Or? Oh no no no! My parents didn't push me. Unfortunately, didn't push me on anything. They were just loving, supporting parents. So I had a pretty mild um, upbringing. No you know, trauma or anything like that. It was kind of hard a little bit to move around the the two or three times that we did. Mm -hmm. But it also gave me, I think, a more balanced approach to what people are like, you know. I mean, the only place that I haven't lived is the South. So, you know, I think I have a pretty good understanding of what people are like in different parts of the United States. No, was your brother an attorney, did you say? 
no, 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 okay. no, my brother. No, the, my, I was the only one to went to college mm-hmm. in my family. My sister went to college for one, my older sister, she's two years younger than I am. And she went to college until she found a husband mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> they've been married 50 years <laughs> and live wow. in San Antonio. <laughs> wow. So what was your dream? What did you want to do when you grew up? Oh, I, I've never grown up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can vouch for that. No. Oh, shut up. <laughs> no, no, I never had, you know, my, you know, I, I had my demons and um, so I, I was really just kind of, I went from one thing to another. I, my first job was in retail when I was 16 and I don't think I ever left. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I went to college. I worked in a gift store uh, on 8th Street in the East Village, a really nice gift store. And I worked there all through my remaining two and a half years of college. And then um, then I ended up. The city was different back then. It was, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, high... totally different. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk I about had... what that was like? You know, it was fun. I mean, it was the West Village in the 70s. We did every drug that was known to man. (laughs) (laughs) Did did you meet like David Bowie? And There was no David Bowie at that time. (laughs) At least not famous. No. In the 70s, I'm thinking because, you know, I was just reading a book about uh, he used to hang out at... um, Catch a rising star and uh in the late and, you 70s. know i never did yeah but but this was early 70s i oh, graduated okay. in 72 mm-hmm. and i actually left new york not too much long after that after i graduated um there was no point for my parents to go to graduation because it was 40,000 students or something like Mm -hmm. that. It was at Madison square garden. They wouldn't have been able to see anything. And Mm -hmm. I also, because I was a transfer, I didn't graduate in June. I graduated in January. So unfortunately my parents didn't get me to get to see me walk across the uh, stage in my cap and gown. I didn't do any of that stuff. For some reason, I have a, I have a memory that you did theater during that period, didn't you? Well, that that was my major. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually so when I was at Monmouth College, um, I knew I wanted to leave. Like it was a kind of a cold existence in in Illinois. Some aspects of it I liked, but I was a member of Crimson Mask. That hmm. was the theater group, and the first thing. I did when I was at, at Monmouth was I uh, tried out for all, cause I did um, high school plays, um, Our Town, I was the doctor <laughs> and a bunch of other things that I got quite a lot of recognition from doing theater in high school. So mm-hmm. I went to Monmouth College and I did theater there. And the first thing I did was a play called The Mad Woman of Chaillot. Mm-hmm. which is a French play. And I was the street juggler and I had to learn how to juggle balls on stage. Well, was, uh, I don't juggle. 
<laughs> I had to learn though. So I did theater uh, at N- at uh, Monmouth for, you know, I did a number of different plays. And so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll be an actor. So I applied for the School of the Arts in New York City at NYU, which is a world famous school of you know, theater. I know, uh, actually, uh, my uh, one of my professors at UCLA, Mel Shapiro, started that program, yeah. the Tisch. Yeah, you would probably know, yeah, from your own experience. So anyway, that's what I I, I applied. I went, it's a horrible experience. I went to Chicago for an audition and my drama coach coached me on my scenes that I was just terrible, <laughs> which is why I'm not an today I was awful anyway he, he was very supportive and I went and tried out for these uh, for the New York School of Dramatic Arts and did not get in of course they only take the cream of the cream you know I mean if you looked at their who's who it's it's quite famous mm-hmm. but they did suggest that I go into the School of Education theater department, which is what I did, which is why I have a degree in speech and educational theater. Mm -hmm. But when I was at NYU, I did theater and I, I have a review from Variety. So, and I had, you know, some limited success, not enough to make it a full-time career, but you know, it was fun. Did you want to do it? Did you, did you have the drive to do it? No, I didn't have the drive. I knew I was terrible. <laughs> you know, I did a, a play. <clears throat> this is, these are so strange, these memories. So I did The Hobbit. I was a biffer in The Hobbit. I can't remember everything that I did. Um, I did a, a musical called Celebration, which was written by the guys who wrote Fantastics which was still running on Off-Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did a production um, at Rikers Island. Oh, the prison? <laughs> I was a fill-in. They did a play called Come Back Little Sheba. And uh, one of the minor characters, these were all my friends that I worked with at school. They they were doing this production, and they they wanted me to be in it, but I had no desire to be in it. And um, but one of the actors who had a minor role, he backed out at the last minute, and um, he said, "We have to have you do this. We go on tomorrow night." And this guy backed out, so they roped me into doing it. I had one line which I flubbed. <laughs> <laughs> But I had no staging. I had no idea where I was going or what I was doing. It was very interesting as an experience. So it was in the uh, prison? It was in the prison. Oh, yeah. We had to go through the whole rigmarole. And, and uh, the my friend who played the female lead, um, you know, the minute she walked on stage, the audience went berserk, you know. And uh, anyway, that was a night to remember. <laughs> <laughs> we did all the dressing in the in the um, men's room of this little they had a little theater set up you know where they obviously did entertainment for the prisoners and mm-hmm. uh, all their artwork was stored in this men's room because apparently it was a painting class 
during the day. And there were these really bizarre paintings, uh, quite good actually, some of them, but they were all done by the inmates in the, in the prison. So anyway, it was, it was uh, a strange, strange experience. Was there anything um, that stood out in any of those paintings that you remember to this day? Oh, absolutely. I'll never forget. It was a painting of an elephant. Uh, life's, oh, not life-size, but, a, you know, a large rendition of an elephant that had been chained and he had broken out of his chain and his trunk was raised and his mouth was open and his foot was raised and the chain was flapping around. <laughs> it was very, very dramatic as a painting. And I mean, like I said, really quite good. I mean, very, very professional. So that that was a night to remember. Yeah, it was fun. The uh, the um, the 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 major production that I was in was a a, a play called. Oh, this is I don't know if I should say this. Um, a taste of honey. Again, this was an English play. Uh, I don't know. Remember the. I, I want to. Terence, somebody I think was the Terence McNally. No, he was English. <clears throat> it wasn't Terence McNally. He was Terence Stamp. No, that's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do I know? I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, so this, you know, the 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 theater department did different things. We had a the head of the department, and they did most of the productions and things like that. And of course, we all auditioned. Um, but this was the spring of 71, I believe. Um, and they had for the spring production, they were doing a taste of honey. Taste of honey is about an English girl who becomes pregnant by her black lover, but she can't have this baby because of her mother. So she enrolls her gay best friend to kind of take care of her and the baby when it's born. They're kind of like roommates. So we had a professional Broadway director named Robert Greenberg. Oh God, I hope I can say this out loud. Direct this, this musical and then he, held auditions and I auditioned and I got the part <laughs> and I wasn't out at the time in my college group. Uh, and I was like very nervous about doing this gay character on the stage, <laughs> but I did <laughs> and I got reviewed. And then Kent State happened. Do you know what Kent State is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this was in May and Kent State was, you know, the violent protest against the war in Vietnam. So we performed one weekend. The next weekend in between the weekends was Kent State. And of course, the university shut everything down. So mm -hmm. we only did one, maybe two performances. So that was my big break. Now, how did you feel about your performance, though? Ugh, it was I was terrible. I was a terrible <laughs> actor. 
was like mm. so embarrassing. I mean, well, I, the only reason I, I asked because even... it seemed it seemed like because you were saying you weren't out at the time. Yeah, but maybe that allowed did that that make you feel no, like a sense no. of freedom? No, not at all. Oh. <laughs> I was nervous the entire time. I think after a while, maybe I got a little bit looser, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was still in the closet. You know, I slept with every girl in my department. So let me put it that way. <laughs> and then I hey, started. Shane, with the feel guys. free to interject at any time. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm still processing uh, Cleon Lefevre saying, no, 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 I have not. I have not. Uh, I not hey, not all the years we've known each other. I haven't told you all this crap before. <laughs> well, not in such detail, not in oh. you know, not in chronological order and not in context. Yeah, okay. And I've certainly never until this moment heard you utter, I slept with every woman in my department. <laughs> that's oh. Yeah, well, not every woman, but (laughs) at least three of them. (laughs) So, what happened after a taste of honey? Um, I don't think too much happened after that because that was the end of the school year, and then I graduated. So, I mean, that was kind of like the, the curtain call. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I was working at the time. I was working at this gift shop. I had decided, um, you know, after, after school finished that I was going to go to California. Why did you want to go to California? I wanted to be an actor. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I just thought... You know, I, I, I decided I would <clears throat> move back to my mother and father's hometown, live with my aunt and uncle, um, save up money and get a car and then drive to California, you know, um, now, and I. And now this I was did. close to Vietnam. Vietnam was going on at that time. Well, I, I, I actually, yeah, it was it, Vietnam was going on. I mean, I was drafted. Mm hmm. But I also had um, a deferment. Mm-hmm. So I was able to avoid, you know, because I was still in school. And by the time school finished at this point, uh, then everything had kind of been winding down and there was no more draft. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was no more need for the, for the draft. So mm-hmm. that, that all kind of ended. So I kind of dodged that bullet, you know. And then... Uh, I moved in with my aunt and uncle and got a job in a hospital and I was a surgical tech. How was that experience? Um, it was really kind of fun. I, I had a really good time. I wasn't a surgical tech, I should say. I worked in the surgical suite. Um, I started as an orderly and then they kind of put me into the um and this is, you know, this is so dated because they don't do any of this stuff anymore. But I guess they would have called me a surgical tech. In other words, I worked in the operating theaters, but I sterilized all the equipment. And so we would sterilize the thermometers. We would sterilize all of the stuff uh, that the doctors would use. We put them in big sterilizing machines. 
Um, and then if they needed something like uh, DW40, which is water or lactose, that kind of stuff, they would order it from us uh, and we would supply the rest of the hospital. So I, I was able to kind of see operations that went on. It was, it was quite interesting. What was um, the most exciting experience that you saw in that hospital? I went to a birth, but it was a C-section, a cesarean section. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to see that because the maternity ward was on a different level. So the babies that were born in a natural manner were done uh, in a different set of operating rooms. The C-sections where they actually in, you know, cut the lady, cut the woman open and take the baby out because there's some kind of a problem. We're done in our section. So I had said to the head nurse, oh, I said, the next time there's a C-section, I'd really love to see that, let me know. And uh, so she called me one morning on my day off at like six o'clock in the morning and said, oh, we're doing a C-section. If you wanna see it, come on down. <laughs> so I dropped everything, got up, got into my VW bug, drove over to the hospital and got gowned up and went into the C-section because it's a cesarean section is very complicated because there's a doctor for the patient, a, the mother, there's a doctor for the baby, and there are nurses for both the doctor and the baby, plus the anesthesiologist and all of the uh, attendant. And so that's crowded room. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I had to stand back in the corner. So I've got my mask on and I'm tired and a little rushed and I'm breathing heavily and I fainted. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then they had to get a all third of, doctor. Yeah. All <laughs> of a, well, no, they just all of a sudden the my friend, the head nurse, she said, I, she says, I think he's going to pass out. <laughs> they put me on a gurney and wheeled me out. <laughs> that was so amazing. Yeah. I did get to see a little bit of it, you know, so that, you know, they, but surgery, you know, is, is you don't think, you know, people go, oh my God, all that blood and everything. You don't see a lot of that. The way everything is done or was done back then very carefully draped and the, the body is really covered and, you know, it's all very neat and, and, uh, but very, very interesting. Yeah. And I met some really nice people too. Some very nice people. Now, was it because you fainted that you didn't go into healthcare or was, was that uh, something? No, I, I, you know, just, it wasn't something that I, I didn't want to go back to school, become an mm -hmm. anesthesiologist, which I thought of at the time, or, or a nurse. My, my aunts were all nurses, mm -hmm. but yeah, I was, I just decided, I thought, oh, I'll go be, because I still had this retail experience. I thought, oh, maybe I'll be a buyer. Mm -hmm. And I missed home. I missed New York. So I did, I went back home. Uh, in my little VW bug that I bought and I didn't go to California and I went back to New York. I got a job. Um, my first job in New York while I was living at home was a was a buying office called Hartfield Zodies. Hartfield Zodies was a big 
Kmart type chain in Southern California. And I worked in the buying department. So we would get um, such a strange job. We would get, I, I, I bought, I just, well, it was a distributorship. So they distributed the merchandise to the two or 300 stores that they had in the Southern California market. And we would get a bundle of something like a robe wrapped with paper that told us how many units of this, of this item they had bought. And we had to look at the sales reports for all of the stores and decide what stores were selling it the best and how much we should ship to that particular store as a stock fill-in. It was a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> Hated it. I and have I to ask you, old. since you were, since you were there in the 70s, did you ever go to Studio 54? Mm-hmm. No, that came much later. Oh, okay. Right. And I refused to go to Studio 54, and I could have very easily because I knew people that knew people that knew people, mm-hmm. and I could have gone in. But at the time, I, I said, I am not going to a nightclub where they judge you on how you look. I was very Mm -hmm. insecure. So I, I, you know, I wasn't going to take my shirt off to get into the club. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I mean, I could have, because I, like I said, I knew people who knew people who knew people and we could have gone in, but, Mm -hmm. but that's another story for another day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So that's where we are. Oh, then I worked for Bloomingdale's. I got a new a new job at Bloomingdale's and I worked in accounts payable. No, I worked in accounts receivable. Or did I work in accounts payable? No, I worked in <laughs> accounts payable. So <clears throat> what we did in and it was a very kind of an interesting job. I worked in an office and we uh, would have to research all of the discrepancies that came in. In other words, the buyers would submit, oh, we didn't get this, or there's a problem with this invoice or this bill. And so we would have to research it and we would have to look up all this stuff on microfiches. They had microfiches, yeah. And we would have to find out, find the discrepancy and reconcile it. And I was low man on the totem pole. So I used to go to the Bloomingdale's warehouse in Long Island City, and they would store all of the paper invoices. And I would have to go through all of these boxes and search for the original paperwork (laughs) by, you know, looking at the numbers and the, the details and all that. It was an amazing job. I I didn't do that for very long. So how long were you there? And when did you move to California? Oh, my God. So um, Mio and I uh, moved to California. Okay, let's let's backtrack because we haven't heard about Mio yet. Oh, well, yeah, it comes later. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you meet Mio and who is she? For those listening and watching. Oh, all right. So Mio is my wife, Mio Endo Lefevre. She's Japanese-American from Seattle. 
we met in the, I think the mid, like 73 or something like that. We got married in 78. So we've been married since 1978. And after Bloomingdale's, I, I had a friend from college who was in my department. She had a job in what's called the wholesale gift market. So those are um, showrooms that um, in the in the old days, I don't know if they still do it now, would they were manufacturers reps. In other words, they repped all of these different lines of gifts, things like well, everything, everything that you see in a store has a representative, right? Mm-hmm. They do the trade shows. Uh, they set up the trade booths and you go around and um, the buyers come along and see what you have and place orders and things like that. So she worked there. She got me a job. And Mio, who is a graphic designer and worked for a lot of very famous New York magazines, she knew somebody and was friends with somebody who had one of the lines that we represented. And she did the catalogs for this manufacturer's rep. And that's mm-hmm. how we met. Sometime around 73 or four, something like that. Was it love at first sight? Not quite, but pretty much. I mean, I was still gay, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I mean, yeah, we hit it off quite a quite a instantaneously, so to speak. <laughs> Enough so that we're still here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've been together for 44 years. 44 years. 1978 is when we we got married, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the, a lot of stuff happened in between the that and that, but yeah, that's because I had moved to California by that time too. So we carried on a long distance relationship uh, until her mother got sick and she moved uh, back to from New York to take care of her. And I moved from San Francisco up to Seattle. And we decided that I said, I don't want to come up as your friend. So mm-hmm. we made it more formal. And then we got married. <clears throat> one weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. where, where did you get married? We got married at a, at a friend's house on Mercer Island okay. on a Sunday afternoon. Everybody pulled it all together. Her mother was terminally ill. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of did this to make her feel comfortable because Mia was an only child. And her mother uh, was worried about her and everything. So we... Um, decided we would we'd get married. Uh, Mio and her mother were Buddhists, but we couldn't have the wedding in her hospital room because Buddhist ceremonies require incense, mm. which is fire, and her mother was on oxygen. <laughs> Not the best mixture. So, so we had to get married at a friend's house on Mercer Island. So our friends all pulled together and they got us a minister who would perform the ceremony because that's not an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. Normally you have a period of getting to know you and Mm -hmm. waiting. And we had a weekend. So we got a license and uh, our friend um, Tama, 
she had a minister who was willing to do that, uh, perform the ceremony, Reverend Snook. And so we all gathered in her living room and had this uh, religious ceremony, you know. Wow. It was nice. Yeah. And then we that's, had a, that's a beautiful island, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. Mercer Island. She had a cute little house there. And um, that we were, well, we weren't living there at the time. <clears throat> I wasn't anyway. That, that happened later. I was still living in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So we spent the night on the floor of the living room after the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> we never had a honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was the story. It was, it was nice. I've come across pictures and I've got movies, but I don't know if I can ever get them transferred mm-hmm. into a digital format. Do you still have the, the real, the real? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should transfer them before they deteriorate. I think after 40 or yeah, 44 years, it might've deteriorated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might want to check that, you know, they might be still viable. I like to think they are. Mm-hmm. I've come across pictures, but I only have, you know, several shoe boxes full of pictures. Right, right. So Shane, I, tell us about, do you have some uh, memories, uh, like fond memories you have of Cleon? Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. No, I, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Uh, you didn't have a good time in Monterey? Yeah, that was recent. And I'm so sorry. You're going to go see some comedy and then COVID happened. And that was the end of that. Mm. They were front row seats. I know. Yeah, yeah, Tignataro in Monterey. Tignataro, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they, was it the year before or two years before we went up to Eureka? Yeah, I think Eureka would have been 20. I think Eureka was 20, 2018. Um, yeah, I think Eureka was 2018. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, uh, uh, one of the things that Cleon and I enjoyed doing uh, back back when I was still living with, uh, well, actually, you know, I lived in those two houses in Oakland with Matt and Darren that we talked about uh, from 1990 until, mm, I think we've been about a year and a half in each one. So 91, 92, 93 or so. And then, uh, the three of us parted and each got our own places. And uh, I ended up in another uh, studio apartment in the Berkeley Hills, this time way at the very top of the Berkeley Hills. I had a million dollar view of the bay. Um, but it was a shoebox. It was really tiny, but it was it was neat. It was it was a beautiful little place. Um, there was a night when I used to go into the city and I'd meet Cleon after he got off work and we would go out to the bars, to the clubs, right? Mm. And one night we went to this uh, South of Market club. It was a gay dance club. 
And I think, I think it might've been the called the palladium. Um, maybe, maybe not. Is but it still it there? Was, oh, well, it's, who knows? I none mean, of that, none of that stuff is, it's all changed and different. Yeah. 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 But uh, anyway, this was one of these big warehouse like places and it had two stories, you know, and multiple dance floors and guys dancing in cages that were suspended over the dance floor. And, and it was very, very loud. And I remember Cleon and I, I think we were on a balcony and we were having drinks and he was saying something to me and I'm going, what? <laughs> And then he leans in and he's shouting something at me. And I'm going, what? <laughs> and then finally he goes, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> and so he, he dragged me out of the, this club and we went um, a few blocks away to uh, Harrison and 6th Street. Between Folsom and Harrison on 6th Street was a gay bar called the rawhide and it seventh. was it, seventh street okay yeah okay yeah yeah and uh i think i remember that now yeah between sixth and seventh on uh uh yeah it was yeah seventh street between uh Folsom and harrison anyway uh so I had never been to this place and I'd never been to a, uh, a uh, country Western gay bar where you've got guys and gals and, and, and uh, folks wearing uh, cowboy boots and hats and Western shirts and they're two-stepping, you know, they're mm -hmm. dancing uh, arm in line, arm. Line dancing, right? Well, no. no well, they, they did. Well, that comes dancing. later. Yeah, okay. yeah. But but two stepping is just regular couples ballroom dance. type dancing. Right. Yeah. It's a dance two, step. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two step, and then sometimes they'd be do a waltz, or mm -hmm. a, or a a uh, uh, I forget the other one that they did. Not a polka, but a um. It was another step, but the main one was the two step. And I was just kind of enchanted by the whole thing. You know, it was, uh, there was music, but it wasn't, you know, busting our eardrums. We could hear each other talk. And uh, it's a different, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just, and, and, and it was one that I just immediately uh, fell in love with. And I'd, I'd grown up with a fair amount of country music. So, um, you know, a lot of it was familiar and, and, uh, and then of course there was the dancing and I, I don't, I don't remember, you know, probably Cleon, you and I, I'd never two-stepped. So you probably taught me how to do that. I don't remember that part. Well, they, um, it depends on what time of the night that you go there, because when you go there early in the evening, they teach you the two-step. Well, yeah. Um, but if and, we went later, after, I may have had to teach you. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if there was any dancing that first night, it was probably very awkward. And, uh, <laughs> uh, 
you know, because I, I, I wasn't a natural at that kind of thing. But, uh, but we started going back regularly. Uh, and on Wednesday nights, I would go, uh, I'd, you know, get in my car oh, and go Wednesday night. I'd go across the bridge because Wednesday night they would have line dance lessons. Line dances. Right. Yeah. And we'd learn the line dances to the popular tunes of the day. Yeah. And, um, and then I would usually, for at least a year or more, I would go sometimes on Friday and Saturday night. Sometimes I was there three nights a week. So, um, you know, Cleon and I got to know uh, uh, the guys and gals that were regulars there. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the interesting, one of the other things I really liked about um, two-step dancing is that, you know, this was at a time when going into a dark bar or nightclub was really challenging for me because I couldn't see in the dark, mm-hmm. but the way this place was laid out and the way it was lit, it wasn't too tough for me to negotiate. Uh, the only thing I couldn't do is I, I couldn't lead. Um, you know, I couldn't ask anybody to dance. Um, I had to rely on them asking me to dance and then I'd ask them to lead. I'd say, you know, I I can't lead. I can't see in the dark. I'll bump into people. Mm-hmm. So that was the nice thing is when someone was leading, I could relax and just dance and enjoy the experience and not worry about bumping into people, you mm-hmm. know? So I just liked the whole thing. Uh, and, and Clint and I went regularly for at, at a least a year, maybe a couple of years. Well, longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, yeah. have you tried it since now that you've lost more of your, your uh, eyesight? Oh, well, Ron is no longer there. No, I mean, um, we did go in in Sacramento, though. Yeah, but I was afraid until, to dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you wanted to Sacra- go that night. Sacramento had a uh, <clears throat> Sacramento had a, a, a Saturday night uh, at one of the clubs. They had a country western, a two hour country western uh dance thing like from you know from like from seven to ten i think it was you know before the bar really got busy Mm -hmm. uh and uh we did that once and then i went back uh, a couple times uh myself now is Uh, that during that period is that when you learned to do the lasso oh well there's that great photo that mom used to have in Los Gatos, do you remember it was on the the book on top of the bookshelf of you? Right. And it was like mid in midair. It was like a great photo. Was that during that period? <laughs> that I don't know about. No. Um the way that came about is when I was going to college at UC Davis, you know, this was back in the late 80s. Uh so this would have been a few years before this period we're talking about now. We're talking about 1993, 1994, right in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I was at UC Davis, probably back in like 1988, 89, um, I had a friend and he had a family in Dixon nearby Davis. And he had a couple of cousins, a couple of boys. And one of the uh, boys, he was probably, I don't know, he was probably, you know, he's 20, 21. Anyway, he had just come back from working on a ranch in 
Wyoming or Montana. And he had a lasso and he had a plastic steer's head in the backyard that he used to practice roping. Right. Mm -hmm. And he showed me how to hold the rope and how to twirl it and how to toss it. And, uh, and I thought that was really cool. So I went out and bought my own lasso and I used to practice roping. Where did that, who um, took that photo though? Um, probably my friend Damon. It was, okay. it was at his cousin's backyard. So he probably took it. Yeah. It's a great photo. Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, it was at one of those parties that we had, one of our big parties up at the uh, house at the top of the Oakland Hills. One night, uh, I got my lasso out and I twirled it and tossed it all the way across the living room to the dining room. And I roped a coworker of mine and I reeled her in, she's screaming, <laughs> and I reeled her in, reeled her in. <laughs> She was, you know, since she was just standing there with her cocktail talking and suddenly she's lassoed and, <laughs> and snug tight around her waist. And I'm, I'm reeling her in, you know, and everybody's <laughs> applauding and cheering. I don't I don't think Cleon was at that party. I wasn't at that party. I'm yeah. surprised it was a girl that you roped. <laughs> well, my, my aim may not have been spot on. That, that so time. let's go back to the rawhide. And yeah. let me tell you the truth about the rawhide. <laughs> so Shane okay. never Shane never had to lead at the rawhide because Shane would stand there and the guys would come up and say, want to dance, want to dance. Mm -hmm. And Shane would turn to me and I would have to say, okay, or no, depending <laughs> on how they looked. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> You remember that? Well, I, I think so you vetted, all, your, vetted I for him. I think all I, of his potential dance partners. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope we were a little more subtle about it than that. Well, we um, we were. You'd say, "Is he okay?" And I'd say, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but what I think was that sometimes you just let me go off with any old troll. Just no, that's not true. It, just because it amused you to see me <laughs> being taken in that way. No, I was very, very kind to you. <laughs> yeah, but boy, we sure. I don't know. Had a lot of fun. If we should. Yeah. Yeah. I remember all sorts of stories now <laughs> about the night, you know, you would stay with us, right? When you well, sometimes if it was on a weekend, I would spend yeah, the night. You would you would spend mm -hmm. the night, but then some of the times you'd you wouldn't spend the night. <laughs> well, not not at your place, right? Yeah, like in right. a car down the street. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure that never happened. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, share share uh, uh, one of your fond memories, Cleon, of, of Shane. Like uh, you know, something that you know that you that you think of often. Oh my god! Oh, 
That's really tough. There's been so many. <laughs> I don't know. It was. It I was just it was any period where he wasn't have didn't have a beard. Probably. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> um. Gosh, I don't know. I can't think of one single thing. I mean, we had such a good time dancing. Uh, it was, you know, the line dancing part was very difficult to be honest, mm-hmm. but he did give it his all. But did they ever do mean? it to Elvira? Did you ever line dance to the song Elvira? I don't think so. I don't remember Elvira, but I remember, um, I remember a lot of the dances, the tush push, the, uh, yeah. the you know, do you ever, do you, you, well, no, you don't, but I sometime I'm on TikTok a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and TikTok has a lot of line dancing TikToks. Oh, mm-hmm. sure, they are sense. not the same. I'll tell you, at least the ones I've seen, they're not the same. Yeah, they don't have those dances that we did, and I always thought those dances were, you know, kind of neat. But these, the one they're do, the ones they're doing now, of course, it is twenty years or thirty years later. They're, they're kind well, of and, sloppy. Uh, <laughs> well, and country music has changed. Yeah. You, the, a lot of the country music that's been put out in the last five or more years, it, you can't dance to it. it, it it's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a country rock, hip-hop yeah. fusion. Yeah, it's not KT Oslin. No, no, it is not. And, and you can't dance to it. In fact when they were doing the dance night in Sacramento in the, uh, the guy that facilitated it used to, used to say, you know, we can't, we can't play every song that you guys request because a, a lot of these new songs, you can't dance to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have, they don't have and, that and two-step they, rhythm. And they were asking for that. Right. Right. The younger People yeah. were asking for more contemporary yeah. country songs, not realizing that you can't dance to them. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's it was a, it's a shame. You know, they still have a very active uh, country western scene in the city, but it's not well. It's not in the city. It's out kind of well. It's further away. It's I don't know. I've never gone, but I've heard about it. Is it like up in Gurnville or where is it? No, 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 no. I mean, it, it, when I say it's not in the city, it's in the city limits. It's just not close. Oh, we need, we need to go and check that out sometime. (laughs) It's only on Sundays. Oh, I'll, I'll, I come down for that. Yeah, I know, but I work Sundays. (laughs) Oh, I'll still come down. I'm I'm sure, I'm sure I'll still get invitations to dance. Oh, I'm sure you will. Even with your beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the snow white beard. Maybe even and, more so. I don't yeah, know. Prob- yeah, this the snow white beard and a and a uh, and a, uh, a jet black, black hat? Uh, jet black hat? Stetson. Yeah. I tried on my cowboy boots the other day. They still they st- fit. Oh yeah. But I don't know if I could ever wear them to work. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> I got rid of the hat a long time ago. It was just way too much. It's amazing. It's, so you, how long have you been in San Francisco? We moved here in the mid 80s. 
So you've seen a lot of changes. Oh yeah. I mean, it's yeah. changed a the, lot. The changes. Yeah. Not always for the better, but mm-hmm. I, I don't knock it cause it's still beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's the, the Castro is just full of unfortunate people. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, you know, I work in a store that's an institution in the Castro. It's been there 86 years, for mm-hmm. God's sakes, you know. Um, but it's, uh, you know, the, the stuff you have to deal with, it's just kind of amazing. Sad, in a way. Mm-hmm. But then again, I think of all the people that are just now moving into the into the city or, you know, whatever. It, it's all new to them, and they, they don't know anything else. Yeah. So I don't I don't compare the two looks before and after kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah, I mean, San Francisco, when I first moved here was the days of of. Uh, um, oh crap, Armstead Mopan, Tales of the City, mm-hmm. you know, when mm-hmm. Tales of the City was being serialized in the chronicle every friday that's when i lived here i moved here in 1976 Mm. but i didn't stay here i lived here until 78 and then i i moved to seattle and got married but um yeah it was it was a special city it still is a special city it's just you know, it's just not the same city. Yeah. And so you can't really knock it for that not being the same. I mean, I, Inc- you know, I, I love the neighborhood we live in. It's that's the same. What was that restaurant? Was it Ella's? Yeah. The, it was like the breakfast place that we had breakfast at one time. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. Oh, it's gone. Yeah. They closed. Yeah. Cleon, you were going to. You were going to talk a little bit more about where you work. Cliffs? Right. Uh, So Cliffs is a hardware variety store. Uh, It's called Cliffs Variety. Um, If you ever watch MSNBC, they do a lot of advertising on MSNBC. Mm -hmm. So one half of it, well, not one half, but the, the main, what we call the main store is uh, Ace Hardware is our largest supplier. So they supply us with all of the hardware type of merchandise, nuts and bolts and screws and electrical tools and things like that. But we also sell toys, small section of stationery, children's crafts and costumes we have a large collection of le crusade dinnerware wustoff hmm. knives uh, housewares pots and pans and dishes implements um bodum the coffee makers mm-hmm. then we also do a large collection of light bulbs and electrical lamps then we have a huge paint department ladders um how large is this store uh it's 
fairly large. I, I don't know. I, I don't know very much about spatial things. I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. It's like two storefronts. Mm-hmm. I work right now, or I have been for the last six months, I work next door in the annex. So the annex is, so what, how we say it at, at, at work is, the hard, the main store is everything you need, light bulbs, you know, nuts and bolts and screws and chain and all sorts of things, gardening supplies, all of that's in the main store. In the annex is all the fun stuff, the things mm. you don't need, gifts, <laughs> uh, bath towels, fabric, notions, jewelry, wigs, platform shoes we supply the drag queens of the casserole hmm. with makeup and everything else you know gift cards stationery all that kind of fun stuff that's in the annex mm-hmm. so it's kind of like two little stores next to each other but they've been there 86 years run by the same family really wow that's mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm Started by the great-grandfather of the current owners. And it's a mother and daughter. Mm -hmm. That's because the husband died three years ago. Mm -hmm. Whom I met at, at, I actually sold him a leather jacket at Nordstrom, Ernie Aston. Now I work (laughs) for his wife and daughter. (laughs) Is that how you got the job? No, no. No, after Gums closed, I... You know, I I knew I would have to keep working, so I I uh, there was an ad in the paper, and I applied, and she called me in that afternoon, hmm. hired me that afternoon, practically. Now so, Gumps was uh, three years uh, ago. Now Gumps is was a very famous store as well. Gumps was a very famous store. Yeah, I've only worked for famous stores: Crate and mm. Barrel, Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's. <laughs> but Gumps, I mean, uh, how long had that have been open? Because it recently closed as well, right? Gumps was, and I forget all my details. A hundred and fifty some years, I believe. Because a friend in the of hundreds. Because a friend of mine, her grandfather bought jade for Gumps, like many, many, many years ago. You mean bought jade, or was a supplier? Well, went overseas to select jade oh, and bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're no, they were known for their jade yeah. collection. They had a room of jade. Not when I was there. That was that was the old store. So the original store. Um, <clears throat> before the earthquake of 1906 was on no i take that back after 1906 the store was located at 250 post then after 1989 earthquake they had the building had structural damage and the family uh couldn't come to terms with whoever owned the building and so they ended up moving down to uh, getting my addresses mixed up. Two hundred and fifty versus 
180, I think, or something like that. Anyway, they moved down the street and it was rechristened. And that was in the uh, late 80s. And that's where I worked. And, you know, it had been there until 19, uh, until 20, 2019 or 2018, I think is when it closed. And now they have reopened. And they've reopened a smaller store in the original location at 250 Post. Hmm. So they're still there. No kidding. Not, I didn't know that. Not, yeah, it, it, it's not the same thing, but it's, you know, they, the, this, the, the, the guy who put it together was a former board member and he bought the, the rights, the uh, internet, um, intellectual rights, the name. He, they the intellectual the property rights. They, in, yeah, they bought that. And so he was able to reopen the store and they have a beautiful catalog and everything. So they're still in business. And it was going to be just kind of temporary, but I think they actually decided to make it a full-time venture. But San Francisco downtown is not the San Francisco downtown that you and I know. Um, because of the pandemic, it's just not the same kettle of fish. The Crate and Barrel closed, the one that was downtown that I opened in 2003, that's gone. So there are a lot of stores that are just not there anymore. You, you mentioned the earthquake. Uh, let's talk about the Loma Prieta earthquake in 1980. Was it 89? 89. On your birthday, right? That's right. October 17th, 1989. That's now, where were you? 5.08 p.m. <laughs> I was in Santa Rosa. Oh, all right. Don't tell Mio. <laughs> she still <laughs> hates that. Yeah, I was on a, I was on a, I, I was doing a, a special, um, uh, God, what do you call it? Promotion? No, I was out of town doing a, a seminar. And uh, when it happened, and Mia was by herself in the, in, at home. <laughs> She's never, never forgiven me for that. Because <laughs> I had the flashlight and we only had one. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did yeah she, was, I mean, she obviously did all right, but was, was oh, she? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, she, it was, it was bad. Mm. <laughs> it was bad for our apartment actually, because when we lived on 22nd at the time, and unfortunately on our side of the street, it was under an, a buried stream bed. So the, the earth was not um, firm. <laughs> mm. we, we had a lot of damage. Whereas the people behind us and the people on the other side had nothing. Mm -hmm. They were on bedrock, but we were not. So, I mean, it wasn't, you know, catastrophic, but we lost a lot of stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Wow. 1989. And, and where were you, Shane? I was across the bay at uh, Macy's Hilltop. Um, I was the uh, manager of women's uh, accessories, costume bridge jewelry. And I was 
on a ladder in the stockroom stacking this tower of Are you cases. Me? No, I'm not. I was on a ladder at the top of a ladder. I was stacking in a corner box after box after box of a dozen quantity uh, deer foam Christmas slippers. And, <laughs> and everything started Thank to God shake. they were slippers. <laughs> yeah, deer foam Christmas slippers. And, uh, and I, uh, I think I was about halfway up the ladder and I, and I tossed the box and I jumped down and I remember I swung the door of the stock room open and everything was moving. And I, I, I remember I looked down and I saw there was this white tile, these square tiles, uh, in the walkway. And I saw one of the tiles crack in the middle and pop up in the two pieces. And, um, uh, and then the lights went out, every light in the store. And as it happened, speaking of flashlights, um, right inside that stockroom door that I was standing in was uh, a bank of flashlights, you know, probably a dozen or more flashlights uh, on a rack. And so I st grabbed them and I started distributing them to uh, staff uh, out on the sales floor. All that, work, wild. all that work ruined all the, all those, those, uh, Christmas slippers. Yeah. All those. Yeah. My tower of deer foam <laughs> Christmas slippers tumbled down. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. And I remember, uh, uh, the, the other manager, uh, the dress department was right outside my stockroom door and, uh, the other manager, had a desk in the stock room like I did. And she had a apartment in the Marina and uh, she lost everything in the fire that burned there uh, after the quake. That's horrible. What was, what department was she in? She managed the dress department, women's oh, dress. dresses. Okay. Yeah. I think the app, the aftermath made it, the aftermath was worse than the actual earthquake because business was just in the pits after right after that because the press made it sound like San Francisco was flattened. You know, that was the whole story and everything. And nobody came to San Francisco. And really, yeah, there were some problem areas like the marina area and the... the, um, the uh, roadway in Oakland and the Bay Bridge were all problems, but n most of the city was unscathed. You know, it didn't have a problem with other than some minor damage. I don't think there was, I, we've talked about this at the store, and I don't think the store in, in the Castro Cliffs didn't lose a thing. And uh, we have glassware and, and things like that. Nordstrom didn't lose a thing. Um, so, but the press made it sound like, you know, San Francisco was rubble. <laughs> well, I, I that, kept, that kept people away. I remember uh, watching that. It was, there was an A's game on, I think. Was it yeah, the World Series? Yes, it, it, was, it, was, it, was the, it was the Bay Bridge World Series, the uh, yeah, Giants yeah. and the A's. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, I remember and, watching and that. And they were just in getting San Francisco. In fact, mom, she, mom was remarried and back in upstate New York and she and her husband and some friends were watching the world series live. I, I think they had just sung the national anthem and were getting ready to throw out the first pitch when the earthquake happened, you know? So I remember, I remember we mo- couldn't get a hold of you. That's what we were so worried because we couldn't reach you. Well, yeah, this was before mobile phones, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, we, think, I don't think it was, I think it was later in the game. I don't think it was the beginning of the game. Well, it might've been, I don't remember that part. Uh, like I said, it was, it was about eight minutes after five o'clock and I think it was pretty near. Um, I mean, I don't think they would have been playing at any earlier than five in the giants in, were ahead. Okay. Well, well, I'm going to have to look this up after this. I don't know. Call. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's <laughs> no right. Idea. But we can have else? a part, a part two. The giants, the giants didn't win by the way. <laughs> they didn't win the series. Well, the other thing is that the Bay Bridge um, collapsed. Well, yeah, that upper deck collapsed onto the lower deck. And the Bay Bridge was closed for I don't remember how long. Uh, But I remember three days later, uh, my friend Sabina and I, and Sabina was going to college and living uh, in the city at the time. We, We had tickets to see the opera. And um, and I think they canceled it. Yeah, because we never went. I mean, we went at a later date, but we did not go to the performance we were scheduled to see. Yeah, I'm sure they canceled that part of it anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, Cleon, what's next? What what's what's the next chapter? There is no next chapter. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is the finale. Finale. Yeah, I'm going to, I don't know. There is no next chapter of one day at a time. <laughs> well, you know? I'll tell you, you have great taste in food. I actually, uh, my wife and I had in 2019, we had to go to the city to uh, meet my my mentor and friend Gustavo. I'm so Esteva. sorry that your wife isn't feeling well. I was really kind of looking forward to meeting her. I, I wanted you to meet her as well. Um, she spent a lot of time in San Francisco and Oakland. That's why she I, did. yeah, she lived there for a long time. So um, I wanted to, I, yeah, I thought you would have a lot to discuss and uh, yeah, but, but we're going to actually, we're going to actually be in the city probably uh, uh, I think March 29th. No, um, no not March. Or no, I'm sorry, not March. I mean, May 29th. Oh, the tw- and um, is that like Memorial Day? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Or I mean, I, I don't know the exact date, but we're supposed to go to a wedding. What happened was, is we got the invitation. Like she didn't get the invitation. And then the the, the bride called and was like, are you going to be there? And, and she's like, <laughs> I didn't get it. And then, so <laughs> I guess we're going. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, well, we should um, do this again. Yeah, we not, should. Not, not formal, just informal. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be posted on YouTube or anything. <laughs> All my conversations are on YouTube. So well, they I, I are? Got, no, oh, no. Wow. I mean, 
But, so um, I, I have a question to ask you. Sure. You said you have a son. Is this your stepson? Yes. His, yeah. Yeah. What's his name? His, uh, his name is, uh, I, I actually try to keep it off. Uh, YouTube, oh, oh, I'm sorry. But we call him Weeby. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I will tell you, you after, after we stop what, recording. Where did I get that information from? Probably Shane. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, from Facebook, I think. Yeah. I think I was reading something on Facebook that you had posted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's very funny. And uh, he's... Oh, uh, <laughs> he, ma he makes me laugh. He just turned seven. Oh, he's young. Yeah. Yeah, he's very funny. He's got a he's got a great sense of humor. And how's uh, your mom? Can she's I doing ask? she's doing all right. She just had um hip surgery. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. She had hip surgery, and she's she's, she's now like ten months in or not ten months, ten weeks in recovery. Um, and she's doing she's doing very well. She's going to have a cataract surgery soon, so she'll be able to oh. see better. But uh, that makes she, a big difference. Let me tell you, I'm not wearing glasses anymore because mm -hmm. I had mine. Did you have them both done at the same time or one I of the did things? have them both done at the same time? See, yeah. I've been trying to tell her to get because now she's doing this one at a time thing. And I'm like, why would you do that? I why know that they do that. They can do it all at once. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know why they're doing one at a time. So she's going to do funny. one next week and then two weeks later. So I'm like, that seems like aggravating to do. Yeah. Yeah. User. I mean, it, you don't do anything. I mean, I didn't do anything at all. I didn't have mm. to wear patches or do anything yeah. at all. It's just amazing. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to her about it and say, Hey, can you push for the double rest the rather than, because it's just an added stress of having to wait and then do it again. Yeah, I would think so. And it, I think when you do both of them at the same time, it's like, Oh, wow. <laughs> amazing you know right. you know you can see right away <laughs> yeah i know i know and i i think she'll 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 uh, i mean i i will i've been wearing glasses since i was in the second grade mm -hmm. and i haven't worn glasses now albeit i probably need to have my eyes checked again because things aren't as easy to see as they were when i first had it done but it's not critical you know, it's mm. not like something I, you know, I can still read and do it, whatever I do without having to wear glasses. And I'm still constantly going like this, <laughs> mm. trying to take them off <laughs> or put them on in the morning. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So I, I, I usually end, um, Shane, by the way, if you, did you have anything you wanted to to mention or ask of Cleon before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, no, not at the moment, oh. uh, but it, oh, <laughs> Cleon's got another query. Whatever it is, no. <laughs> oh, okay, no. Um, no, no, I just, uh, it's been fun to uh, learn some new things about my old old friend and uh 
and also uh, share some uh, memories of the good times that we had together. Good there times. were a lot of them. We, we really barely scratched the surface, especially, oh, especially given this G-rated version. <laughs> I uh, can tell you stories. Uh, it could uh, have been uh, X-rated. I, there's no problem with it, but well, whatever you're comfortable with. When, when, it, when it's out there uh, for just anybody to peruse, uh, yeah. Yeah, that that makes a difference as far as I'm concerned. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's been good. Brian, thank you for inviting us both yeah, on. I, this has been fun. Yeah, you know, Cleon, I, I, I once again, I, I, I think about it a lot. Uh, you know, uh, you're aware of this, Shane, that Cleon allowed me to stay with uh, him and Mio when I was auditioning for Juilliard and CalArts. And I, I always appreciated that. And I'm, I've always been grateful for your hospitality and kindness um that that meant a lot to me because that was uh you know that was an important life-changing it was was pretty stressful too for you at the time i'm sorry what pretty stressful for you yeah yeah it was i mean you know so we were able to make it more comfortable oh yeah absolutely it was it was really a relief to have that space and i i thank you for that yeah anytime yeah, and please, well, it, please tell Mio thank you as well. Unfortunately, we don't have that space anymore. <laughs> our uh, the the landowner, the landlord of our of the building is Mio's oldest, one of her oldest friends that mm-hmm. she went to high school with. And um, when Mio and she they were in desktop publishing together, when they closed the business down. Um, she turned the downstairs unit into a mother-in-law. Mm. So it's now rented out to somebody. I <laughs> see. Which so is what did they just did, did they did they put a lock a, a lock on that door that goes downstairs? No, they they closed the stairs. They closed the stairwell. They put a floor over it. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, it's now where Shane stays when he comes. I see. <laughs> Although that hasn't been for a while, right? Uh, well, now, yeah, it's been a, been a couple of years. Well, now you got to go to that new uh, new club. I would love oh, to, I would love to go two stepping oh, again. Called Sundance, something like Sundance, something like that. I bet if you googled it, you could find it. It's it's, I'm I'm going to because uh, I would Sundance enjoy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I would love to go. I, I have another. Again. I have another friend that that loves that kind of stuff. I didn't know that about him, but we've been we we've talked about it, and he loves to line dance and or two step. I should say not necessarily line dance, because all the line dances are going to be new, and we're not going to know how to do them. <laughs> no, no, I. I <laughs> I, I I don't even think I could do the tush push anymore. Oh God, I don't think they do the tush push. <laughs> Although they do the Cotton Eye Joe, I have seen that. But uh, the electric yeah, slide. I, yes, <laughs> and I have a whole list of the line dances that we used to do. But God knows, it, you know that was so much fun, and it was oh, I love those memories of that. I'm twirling yeah. you around on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I had to learn how to lead. Yeah. How did he? How did he lead, Shane? Well, he he did a great job. Uh, yeah. He he was uh, he was uh, 
a good dancer. He didn't, uh, I mean, he we didn't throw we, you into another couple. No, or? no, nothing like that. Okay. Nothing like that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, those those were fun, fun times uh, at the Rawhide. There's yeah, and there was there was something rather, if I can say it, erotic about two guys dancing together mm-hmm. like that. I just I loved it when I first discovered it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I was not suggestive or anything, but you know, it was just fun. Yes, it, it was. It was fun. It was. It was freeing. It was comfortable. Um. It, yeah, I mean, it was good, clean fun, basically. Yeah, yeah. Except so, for all the drinking and smoking that went along <laughs> with it. <laughs> so. Uh, what I've uh, I've been asking uh, my guest, um, and I would like to ask you, Shane, because I don't think I was doing this when we had our last conversation. Is I asked uh-huh. I asked two questions, and you don't have to answer them, or you can choose to answer one or the other, or neither. That's up to you. Um, but um, I'll start with uh, you, Cleon. So, if you could talk to everyone on Earth in their own language at the same time, simultaneously, what would you say to them? I would probably say peace and happiness. Thank you. Um, What would be written on your, what would your, what would your epitaph say? Robot collector. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even get it. You have robots. We didn't even talk about that. I, I yes. Oh my God. Hundreds, so hundreds, of, hundreds so and robots. hundreds of robots. All right. Let me just ask you, what, what's them. with the robots? What, what's, why do you have robots? You know, it just happened when, when Mio and I got married and all of our little, uh, all of Mio's friends, all of Mio's friends, children, had all these fabulous Japanese robots, which were just amazing, I thought. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm a I'm a collector junkie. I robots is not the only thing I collect. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I see two of one thing, then I'm gonna buy both of them and get <laughs> some more. <laughs> you should see my Pez collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just I just started, you know. I have I have multiple chairs, miniature chairs all over the place, and robots, and I have a collection of dolls <laughs> that Shane doesn't even know about. <laughs> I wonder and, if it, Shane, if he has the one that looks like George's mother. Ah, <laughs> right, the Estelle. Doll. <laughs> the Estelle doll sounds George! Yeah. 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 There's a Seinfeld episode with a doll oh. that looked like his mother. It was very funny. <laughs> so, Shane, if you could talk to everyone on Earth simultaneously, what would you say to them? Um, I think I'd say get over yourselves and be kind to one another. Thank you. What about your epitaph? Um, (laughs) 
when it was all said and done, he learned absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for being my co-host, Shane Snyder. Cleon thank you Lefever. for the invite. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Cleon Lefevre. Oh. Thank you for sharing what is alive within you. This was the Blind Men in Black. I'm your host, Brian Maxfield Snyder. Uh, please uh, watch on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And if you like my wife and I being exhausting, go to the Exhausting Snyders on TikTok. All right. Now for our awkward ending. Here we go. What's the awkward part? This is it right here. <laughs> oh. <laughs>